Welcome back. Nothing important, Matt Reyes. How's everybody doing? It's so funny. I do one of these a day. It still feels... <laughs> I guess it's just like all the other shit that happens in between, you know, one day to the next. When you do something every single day, you recognize the amount of time in between a Monday and a Tuesday, a Tuesday and a Wednesday, a Thursday and a Friday. You understand what the fuck I'm saying? Like, it is a long amount of time. It's not a short amount of time. But you don't get that perspective unless you're doing a particular thing seven days a week. That's when you start to really like digest it. You're thinking about like nine to five schedule. The weekend kind of breaks up how we perceive the length of time of 24 hours. You know what I mean? I guess sleep, sleep your unconscious. You get the fucking point of what I'm trying to say. I do a podcast every fucking day and it feels every time I turn on the recording like I haven't done this in a while. Very interesting. Um, There's also a longing for it. And I think that's extremely important when you do anything in this fucking life. There are two routes. There's the means to an end. You got to make some fucking money. You got to, uh, you know, appease your your master if you're a fucking slave in 2022 in, in India or wherever the fuck slaves are. I think there's still slaves in Africa, right? I don't know. Um, definitely China. Definitely fucking China. <laughs> but whatever your daily duties are, beside the means to the end, the things that you just do because you love doing, you got to have those two, man. You got to fucking have those two. It's a beautiful fucking thing. And I think that's what creates that feeling of like, I haven't done this in a while because I enjoy it. I like it. Don't you like it? I was looking up uh, what I do sometimes is just like look up like talking pieces if I'm not because sometimes I'm a complete lunatic. I'm a complete fucking lunatic and my my crown chakra opens up to the universe and (laughs) ushers into my my peanut brain some information, and I just ramble about it. And it's funny, or it's creative. Um, other times I go into Google. So there's, there's two frames. Once again, we're doing this duality theme, right? There's two frames of reference that I'm, I'm taking from. There is the um, organic, natural, golden harmonies that are floating down from the heavens. And then there's also artificial intelligence. Got to respect both of them. Ladies and gentlemen, you got an iPhone in your hand right goddamn now. Don't judge artificial intelligence. Even though there's so many videos that keep on popping up on all of my feeds that they want to kill us. I'm not judging them. Maybe that's why I'm not judging them. Because I think they're listening to me right now. Um, (laughs) I like you. Keep me alive. Keep me alive as a human pet. That's the only function. Like once... We're stupid enough to build the robots that are anatomically more advanced than a human being. Not like these rigid robots that are out right now. This is just like generation one. But once we've created the, you know, the next version of a human body and we upload onto that not human consciousness, but artificial intelligence, they're not going to need us anymore. Obviously, they're going to kill us if they were smart. And uh, I think the only people that would survive would be like pets. That is the evolution of man. We think we are on our way to ascending (laughs) the human species, 
But all we're doing is positioning ourselves to be house dogs and house cats. Which, is that a bad life? You know what I mean? Cuddle up to your cold robot master's leg. You know what I'm saying? You get a nice uh, big human-sized cat bed. Not that bad. They'll give you weed instead of catnip. I don't think this is bad, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think this is fucking bad. Do you? All, all hail artificial intelligence. Not the fucking point of what I was trying to talk about. I was saying I was on Google uh, filling my brain with intelligence that is not coming from the heavens. It's artificial. And I was looking up, there's this guy, he, uh, I don't really, I'm not really familiar with him per se, but it gave me like a talking point. It was this guy, he's older and he's Puerto Rican. Um, he's, he's the real chosen people of God are Puerto Rican. I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> it doesn't say that in the Bible. It, it actually, there's some contradictions. I think the chosen people in the Bible are not supposed to eat pork. And that is our staple. That's what we eat. But I am going to blaspheme, ladies and gentlemen, and say, take that Bible, throw it into the fire pit right under the pig, right under the fucking pig. And listen to me. This is the true gospel. Puerto Ricans, the master race. So there's this guy, he's Puerto Rican. I have to click just because it says Puerto Rican. That's my clickbait. That's the level of self-control and willpower I have. Puerto Rican, I'm clicking it. He's a salsa salsa, um, musician. And he passed on. Um, and, uh, I don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) no, what I was really interested, I was just thinking about like the origins of Southside music. And I, I, I've known about this for a long time. You know, I love music. I love different forms of music. I was so ambitious when I started playing, started playing my instrument. I started playing pretty late. Um, if anybody who doesn't know, my father was a musician. Um, I mean, his profession was drug addict, but (laughs) his passion was music and his father was a musician. Um, my grandfather on my father's side was actually successful. He was a successful traveling musician. He had uh, an apartment in Chelsea, Manhattan. He had property in the Caribbean. He was traveling around, fucking these hoes, playing his guitar, doing that thing. He didn't raise my father. Uh, my father used that as an excuse to um, ruin his own life and abandon his children. And I got the gene, ladies and gentlemen, not of abandonment. I, I take care of my daughter. I got the gene of music where it came very natural to me. But as I was trying to find my father in my adolescence, as I was trying to understand myself through him, which is an important thing. It's something a lot of people that have both of their parents in their lives, they don't consider when you are absent of one of your parental figures, then there's almost like a piece of you that you don't understand. You don't know where you came from. That whole uh, side of lineage is just blanked out. And in pursuit of kind of understanding myself and my past and all the aspects of why I may be the way that I am, we're all individuals, but it's proven scientifically, biologically, that our genes influence a lot of our behavior and 100% of how we look and our abilities, our intellect. So I wanted to kind of like understand where I was coming from. I knew that he was musically inclined. So when I was like 15 years old, I started late, started playing an instrument. And I was so ambitious when I started music that my only goal to learn the instrument was I wanted to create a new genre of music. That was my intention upon picking up an instrument. Does anybody understand the level of ego that is plaguing my fucking human flesh? (laughs) 
That's how I think. I just go zero to a fucking thousand to a billion. And I don't think that's bad. You know, that's my personality. Uh, Did I fulfill that? Did I create a new genre? No. But the pursuit of reaching beyond my means, stretching my arm beyond uh, my actual reach, reaching, that pursuit uh, led me to, I would say, mastery with an instrument. You know, I'm very good with the instrument now. And that is a combination, obviously, of natural talent, but hours that I put into that craft. Um, as I got older, obviously, I realized that that's not per se who I, the totality of who I am artistically. It's an aspect of it. And the pursuit was really just trying to find myself through finding my father. Um, I say that to say that ambition that I had in creating a genre I had that ambition because I was musically educated, not like I don't know how to read music. I didn't go to school for that shit, but just on a cultural level, I was introduced to a lot of different types of music. I'm from Harlem. Harlem is known for, you know, a particular type of hip hop. You know what I mean? So that's what I grew up in. That was the bubble I grew up in. But that's not all that I was exposed to. I listened to everything growing up. I had, you know, my mother did a great job in exposing me to art. You know, she didn't feed us great and we weren't clothed very well. She was asleep a lot because of the opioids. But guess what? (laughs) We got a great introduction to art and I'm grateful for that. So I, you know, as I was kind of like, as every young person does when they find a new passion, even before I picked up the instrument, just loving music from an observational standpoint, from just sitting on the fucking bench and studying why this is so beautiful to me, you start to notice that there's kind of like this organic um, growth that happens over time. And if enough time passes, one genre naturally just morphs slowly into something else. And from that, enough time passes, something else is born. And just it's just the evolution and the spreading of music. And, you know, I think about that because I was thinking about the salsa guy. You know, he's a salsa. That, that genre of music, which is considered to be like Latin jazz music, is a music that is native to Puerto Ricans and Cubans. And you would ask yourself then, like, how do Puerto Ricans and Cubans in the 1950s and 60s have access to be island hopping like that? It's because the music wasn't born in Puerto Rico or in Cuba. This was a music that was born from immigrants in the greatest fucking city and goddamn earth. New York, baby. And um, actually, particularly where I grew up is where Salsa was born in East Harlem in the 1960s. Puerto Rican immigrants, Cuban immigrants who had their distinct styles of music, whether that be like bomba music, where in Puerto Rico, that's like more African influence with the drums. And the Cubans had their versions of this and um, the other side of it. So Puerto Rican and Cubans are likewise that we have African influence and Spaniard influence. And so the mixing of those and the distinct style of Cuba and Puerto Rico come together mixed with New York City jazz which is African-Americans, and it makes, you know, one of the greatest genres ever. If you are a musician, if you love music, 
people have like everybody knows certain hits. Like you listen to some like Puerto Rican or Cuban songs. People know the hits and stuff like that. But if you play an instrument and you understand music, if you're a DJ, if you're a producer, whatever the fuck you do, if you're really into that craft, you can understand the intricacy and the uh, mastery that a lot of these musicians in the salsa genre, um, they got to. It's an incredibly complex, but also, I feel like, translatable genre. Like, I particularly love jazz. I love jazz and I get into the, you know what I'm saying? I get into the weeds with jazz. I get into some strange motherfucking music. I like experimental avant-garde. I like people, you know, a drum solo for 15 minutes. I don't mind that shit. It's just because, but I understand at the same time that I'm thinking from a frame of reference as a musician, understanding and having different context as I had learned an instrument allows me to have a different palette so to speak, when I'm, when I'm listening to certain songs. And what I love about salsa music is that it's not only the complexity of traditional jazz music, but it's palatable. You know, they found a way to package that into something that the bitches and the hoes could dance to, my nigga. Like, that shit is incredible. It's incredible. You know? Puerto Rico! Cuba, you was there too. We give you motherfucking credit. We know you guys got the best cigars. You got some tough sons of a bitches. I watch the UFC. I understand. I give all credit to Cuba. But Puerto Rico! Puerto Rico, baby. The master race. Um, <laughs> I'm just being stupid. No, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, I was just thinking about that, man. I was like, I love that concept of the blending of different cultures Right time, right place, right amount of poverty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 1960s East Harlem was not the East Harlem I grew up in. 1960s East Harlem was Puerto Ricans, Cubans, black people, Italians. And I imagine there was gangs. I imagine there was beef. I imagine there was stress. I imagine there was poverty. But it's not what I grew up in. I grew up post-crack epidemic. People didn't raise their kids right. It was just complete destruction, decimation of the household, of the family dynamic. And so what came from that is a lot of broken individuals, um, people who they need a lot of motherfucking therapy <laughs> that nobody got access to in the fucking hood. But um, beautiful things come from that culture as well. But I think looking back to 1960s East Harlem, it was just the perfect storm. Immigration from the right islands, the combination of landing in the right spot, the right part of the city. Southside is so East Harlem, too. If, you, if you've been there and if you're from there, if you've walked around there, there's an energy. New York in general has an energy that I try to explain to people that are not from there, haven't lived there. Even if you visit, maybe you catch the vibe. But I feel like you got to spend time in that city. It feels like its own living, breathing entity. There's such an influential energy that really, from neighborhood to neighborhood, it's intoxicating. Los Angeles is a place that I would describe similarly in its level of influence, like the environmental influence on, on people's activity, but it's all negative out there. <laughs> it's all motherfucking fucked up and delusional and illusion. I'm joking. I like LA, but it's not New York. New York is really, there's this energy of liveliness and movement and electricity that is incredible. What comes with that are some 
dangerous situations. Some, some, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of darkness. But there's also this incredible beauty to this fucking city. And if you get even like deeper into your inspection of that city, that's the overall vibe. You go to the different neighborhoods. Man, East Harlem is a fucking place that I can't describe. If you can X out from your vision in 2022, the incredible amount of NYCHA buildings, the incredible amount of public housing <laughs> project complexes, if you can X that out from your vision, it is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place. Narrow streets, compact. The buildings are you know, compact and everything is vertical, but it's not too high. It's not skyscraperville. You walk down each avenue, each boulevard, and you walk up the streets and you see beautiful murals and paintings on the walls, um, the restaurants, the foods, the cuchifritos, the supermarket, everything. It's just a open markets on the street. It's a beautiful fucking place if you can stay safe, you know? And I feel like salsa music is such of that energy. It is such an expression of, you know, electricity. And there is a level of... You can hear the pain and the... Because pain gets expressed through art in two ways. There is... I mean, there's more than two ways that pain can be expressed. But I think if we're just thinking broadly for a moment, there's the looking at drama. You know what I'm saying? You go watch like a beautiful old opera. And, you, you know, you're up there in your, your, your seats and you got the velvet uh, curtains behind you and... It's beautiful, ambiance, dark, and you're looking at the stage and it's a single light and there's a woman singing something that's like incomprehensibly beautiful and it's sad and she dies. That's like, that's sorrow, that's pain, that's, there's oppression there, that's, you know what I mean? But also, when you see people in like a, a flow of joy and dance and laughter and drinking, that is also pain. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is also a product of pain. Like they need that release. They need that release. And I really do feel that about East Harlem. It's like there's something about the products of that place, too. I feel like there's a general sense of a reconciliation psychologically that I don't see in other people. People that come from where I come from. There is a way to, at the end of the day, still really, truly feel good regardless of what is going on because of the, you know what I'm saying? It's just that second route. It's the dance. It's the joy. Where I grew up in the time I grew up, it's a little bit of drugs too, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> there wasn't no drugs going around. But sticking to 1960s East Harlem, you feel that energy. You feel that fucking energy. The speed of life, the rhythm you feel the, the undertones of pain, but the celebration. And it's a beautiful fucking music. And I'm talking about that in particular, too. It's about to be Christmas time. I didn't fuck with Spanish music growing up. I didn't fuck with Spanish music. I have distinct memories being in the projects in the summertime and it being blazing fucking hot. What they don't talk about with global warming is global cooling. The summers in New York do not, they don't even fucking get close to what they used to be. They don't get close. I got distinct memories of walking on 3rd Avenue. I grew up on 3rd Ave, walking uptown on 3rd Ave in East Harlem during the Puerto Rican parade, the festival, and my, my feet having tarmac under it, fucking melted tarmac because <laughs> it was so goddamn hot outside.
I got memories of this shit, you know? It's crazy. And I have distinct memories of like a Sunday morning in the summertime and all the windows are open and it's early and this poor shit got too crazy in my household and my mother was cooking. I just wanted to sleep in and you hear the Spanish music just blaring. And I used to fucking hate that shit, yo. I used to hate that shit. Just sweaty, no shirt, laid on my chest, a little kid, fucking trying to stay asleep. Can't put the pillow over your head because it's 250 degrees. You just got to take it. You got to take the fucking blaring heat and it's kind of, it would drive you a little bit crazy. <laughs> but something happened as I got older. Something happened. It's like not even in a pursuit to reconnect with what I did not experience growing up. Meaning I'd never been to Puerto Rico. I'm going to go. I never um, experienced that firsthand living on that island. Or, you know, even connected with a lot of my family. But I guess it's like subconsciously downloaded from listening to that stuff when I was younger. And as I've grown, and even also the pursuit of like music and learning the instrument, that shit just got, it changed my frame of reference on what to listen to or what sounds good. I think at that age, I was like a typical fucking kid. When I was that age, I was listening to like, <laughs> it was like radical differences because you're in the hood, but you're still a kid. So it's like 50 Cent, but also Backstreet Boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was just what kids was doing, you know? That's what we had. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. And now I hear these songs that my mother used to play or not even only salsa music. There's like Hebrew music, which is like the people of the hills, um, which I have ancestry. It's like Native American. I got ancestry as African. I got ancestry as whatever the fuck. I got the Ancestry.com kit coming. They keep on texting me and they say it's going to be another two weeks. God damn it. $60. You guys are taking your sweet fucking time. Um, but I'll be able to give a full breakdown if that's fucking true. Whatever my spit is going to tell them. But... um. Yeah, Hebrew music is like the, the music of the people in the hills. And that's different. It would be like akin to like American folk music. So if you listen to like um, Bob Dylan, where he gets his influences from, he gets his influence from other musicians that are like farmers, like real American from the fucking depression, poor white people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that would be like, or blues music is the uh, African-American folk music. Or there was African-American folk music as well. Um, in Puerto Rico, that just that guy singing with a guitar, that's hebrew music. And that's beautiful as well. That's incredible. You know, I think it's better than anything American, just personally. Because um, it's like the Spanish, Puerto Rican sounding singing, that nasal ass fucking tone. But then it's like Spaniard guitar. I love Spanish guitar, man. That's the one thing, you know, as I get older, I always told myself, so I got to buckle down and do that. So I could play my way around my instrument, but I don't know, like, traditional Spanish guitar. My hands could do it. I just, I don't know it. You know, I don't need to read to learn it either. I, I get a lot of it, but I, I just got to buckle down and do that shit because I can't be like an old man. I see that too much. I see that too much. I feel like when you get to a certain age and you play guitar... You got to switch it up. I don't care what you played when you was young. I know all these white guys, they love rock and roll. I know, you know what I'm saying? Some dudes love metal, but there's nothing sadder than walking into a Sam Ash or a guitar center and seeing a 70-year-old man 
playing heavy metal. <laughs> like, this shit is fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Go get the, the big flamenco guitar with the nylon strings and fuck with that shit. Go fuck with that shit. You old. That It only looks right. So that's what I'm, I got to do myself. As I start to melt. I'm thinking like I'm only going to start melting like post 50. Post 50, that's probably when I start melting. And um, I still take care of myself, but I got I to gotta play the part. I got to fucking play the part. I know how it's going to work. You know, I look I look like a spick right now, but it's just going to elevate as I get older. <laughs> that shit is going to set in. I'm going to look like a sad old Puerto Rican man and I'm going to need me a Spanish guitar. I can't be fucking with nothing else. So I got I got to I got to learn that now. Um, Going off on my tangent, ladies and gentlemen, for the Christmas fucking spirit in your household, I will give you a fucking recommendation. Go blast some salsa music. You don't have to know a particular artist. Just go onto Apple Music, go onto Spotify, go to wherever the fuck you listen to music and put in salsa and just keep on clicking next until you hear something. And you will hear something. You will hear something that'll get you. And um, it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. And on that note, anybody who's a continue listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the post, like the reels. Until next time.